coming to you once again from down in our secret headquarters in the Earth's mantle. It's the Dirty Talk After Hours podcast with T.C. Rollins and Rain DeGray. <laughs> that would be us, yes. That was my best uh, Super Friends announcer voice. It was pretty spot on. Was it I pretty was, spot on? Yeah, I was enjoying it immensely. Oh, thank you. I've been working on it. I've always liked that Super Friends announcer voice. As the narrator said, welcome. I'm T.C. Rollins, and we have... I I am not T.C. Rollins. I am Rain DeGray, and I'm envious of the narrator. The narrator's got some good, rich, deep voice. He's got it's some quite good, nice. good, good bassiness. Yeah, for sure. I have a question for you, and this is how I'm going to start off this week, is with this question. It's more of a, a, a statement question, I suppose. So is it a statement or, or is it a question? Well, here it is. You know how some people like to name their dicks? Um, yes. I think I've heard of it more than run into it, but supposedly that is a thing. I was thinking that it was about time for me to name mine. But I was sorely disappointed to find out that somebody had already taken the name that I had come up with. Oh, and this, this is an opportunity for me to ask what was the name that you'd come up with? Possibly. Are you asking? Are you curious? <laughs> is it trademarked? Is it copyrighted? Like, who's to say you can't use it? It's been around for around 500 years. So I think it's fairly well instituted <laughs> So you're saying you didn't come up with a particularly original name, instead settling upon one that's been around for half a millennia? Yeah. Okay. Are you curious now? (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious at your poor choice and dick naming skills. I mean, wouldn't you want something that hasn't been used for the past 500 years? Do you want to know what the name is? (laughs) You're going to love it. I guarantee. And there's a story to go along with it as well, which I guarantee you will love. What were you going to name your dick? The Thunderbolt of Flaming Wisdom. That's been around for 500 years is the Thunderbolt of Flaming Wisdom? Yes. Do you want the story behind it? Uh, Yes. Okay. It all starts with a Tibetan Buddhist monk named Drukpa Kunli who was alive back in the mid to late 15th century. He traveled from Tibet to Bataan, which is a small country that is just south of Tibet. It's kind of wedged in there with Bangladesh and Nepal. It's up in the Himalayas. He was known as the Divine Madman, and he was also known as the Saint of 5,000 Women because of his crazy methods for enlightening people Mm. mostly it was women he would enlighten them with his magnificent thunderbolt penis the thunderbolt of flaming wisdom yeah women would seek out his blessing in the form of sexual intercourse and if Uh. people came to him he would not bless anyone who came to seek his guidance and help unless they brought a beautiful woman and a bottle of wine 
His intention, uh, from what he claimed, was to show that it is possible to be enlightened, impart enlightenment, and still lead a very healthy sex life, and to demonstrate that celibacy was not necessary for being enlightened. Um, That sounds like that could be a bit of a con. I'll get you enlightened. Just bring me the pussy and the alcohol. Bring me the woman and the booze. I mean, it's very clever of him. Uh, it's a, I can't believe he got that many people to fall for that pitch. He is huge in baton. Okay. His baton is huge in baton. Oh, Hey-o. okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you did there. So he broke with the traditional Buddhist belief of celibacy and self-denial and all that stuff, saying, no, nah, no, nah, we could do whatever we want. We could have crazy good times because... We're enlightened. We're just going to get drunk and have sex. I'm enlightened and I like to fuck. I like to lay some pipe. And I'm also super enlightened. Now pass the booze. Yes. I mean, that's an interesting way to be. Not the traditional way, but evidently he was able to convince a lot of people that he had a path. That's actually a pretty convincing pitch. Like, hey, uh, let's get drunk and fuck. And um... Don't you feel enlightened? Have you not seen (laughs) the Nirvana? (laughs) that's on the end of my flaming thunderbolt of wisdom the flaming thunderbolt of wisdom now you know why i can't take that name Uh, i mean that's a lot to live up to i mean he kind of did do it first i mean it isn't trademarked i mean if you can convince enough people that you're enlightened (laughs) and that they should bring you a bunch of alcohol and attractive women so you can impart your flaming thunderbolt like you know Kudos to you if you could pull that off. It could Someone be a good did. pickup line from out of the bars and I'm chatting some lady up and I was like, hey, would you happen to want to see my thunderbolt of flaming wisdom? I mean, it sounds like a, a badly untreated case of just like <laughs> crotch rot. It burns. Like, it burns. My thunderbolt is full of burning burn. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know that you would... I don't know it would be as successful in this day and age, but it obviously worked for him. It did. The other thing that worked for him was putting penises all over the place. So to this day, there are penises painted all over Bataan. And they are put on top of roofs because he believed that the phallus protected against evil spirits. In fact, his fertility temple, which is called, I'm going to butcher this, I'm sure, Chimi Lak Hang is located on the spot where he subdued a demon that had incarnated as a dog with his penis. They, this demon dog was threatening these villagers that lived in this gulch, and somehow he subdued this demon dog with his dick. And in recognition of this, they built his fertility temple on that spot. <laughs> Uh, I, okay, um, all right, I'm getting a lot of visuals, you're just gonna have to give me just like a moment of how you subdue a demon dog. The thing is, uh, like, men are obsessed with dick. They really are, like, they have so much significance and charms and amulets and it's good luck and it takes down demons and it enlightens you and it's like, dude, it's a dick, like, but they get so into the penis. There's thunderbolts of wisdom and a slaying demons and the nirvana comes out of the head of my dick. You guys are really into dicks. I'm just saying. Well, speaking of, of talismans and symbols, 
his phallus became famous because they started painting them all over and people started erecting phalluses on their roofs to protect from evil spirits. It became so famous that it did become known as the Thunderbolt of Flaming Wisdom. He also carried with him a wood and ivory version of his phallus of the Flaming Thunderbolt with which he would anoint people. This is still in existence. The The monk that runs his fertility temple in Bataan, you can go and visit the fertility temple and the monk that runs it will still give the traditional fertility blessing, which is basically hitting a woman on the head with this 10-inch wooden and ivory dick. <laughs> Wango. Well, that'll get someone's attention if you're hit over the head with a... How long did you say the dick was again? 10 inches. That guy was... It was, packing... a, it was It's a modest 10 inches. <laughs> There's some presence in Thunderbolt, like 10 inches. It's, I wonder if there was maybe some fudging with the numbers. Even enlightened men sometimes add some inches. He was also an accomplished poet. Would you like to hear one of his poems? Sure. Is it about his penis? Well, it's about having sex with women. Okay. Lay it on me. What do you got? It doesn't necessarily rhyme. It might have rhymed in whatever original language he wrote it in. I am happy that I am a free yogi. So I grow more and more into my inner happiness. I can have sex with many women because I help them to go the path of enlightenment. Outwardly, I'm a fool. And inwardly, I live with a clear spiritual system. Outwardly, I enjoy wine, women, and song. And inwardly, I look for the benefit of all beings. <laughs> outwardly, I live for my pleasure. And inwardly, I do everything in the right moment. <laughs> outwardly, I am a ragged beggar. And inwardly, a blissful Buddha. This poem kind of speaks to me of like some cognitive dissonance and be like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing all this stuff, but I've got reasons. I'm, I'm, I know why I'm having sex and drinking all the time. Yeah, I got my reasons. I, I know it looks like I'm a ragged beggar and like all I am doing is being drunk and partying and banging a bunch of chicks. But let me tell you, in, internally the whole time, I'm very enlightened. There's a lot of profound stuff happening here internally. Past the booze. Yes. Kudos to him. It sounds like he lived a very, very interesting life. And it's still affecting the people of Bataan to this day because there are penises painted everywhere. Like there's dragons. I'm going to, with this podcast, probably the image is going to be this picture of this dragon curling around this phallus. And if you go there on all the buildings, there's these large phalluses. Some of them are ejaculating. They all have these hairy balls. And there's a tradition. I, the last thing I want to tell you about is this ritual in Bataan. When they make a new house, there is a housewarming ceremony. And it is good luck to erect phalluses. No, no pun intended. Is it? <laughs> it's, very, it's very good luck when you erect those phalluses. You got to erect the phalluses on the four corners of the eaves of the house to ward off all the evil spirits. The owner of the house hires some men and women, and the ritual goes like this, is where they take a basket full of carved wooden phalluses, they tie a rope to the roof, and then the men are supposed to haul up this basket of phalluses 
that are going to be placed on the four corners. Then the women try and pull the phalluses back down, not letting the men raise the phallus basket. They go through this pageantry of of t- pulling and tugging. People gather around to watch this process of this pulling back and forth of the basket of phalluses. The whole time they are singing ribald phallic songs and the onlookers will yell shouts of encouragement to the different people. Then the males in a mock act will let the phallus basket drop to the ground showing like, oh, the women overpowered it. We couldn't raise the basket of phalluses to the roof. But this is all a guise in order to get free hooch or liquor from the owner of the house. So the the owner of the house comes out, gives the men some liquor, and this fortifies them enough that they are then able to raise the basket of phalluses to the roof, and then the phalluses are placed on the four corners. So women are a bunch of demanding boner killers, and they will drag down your magnificent and mighty phallus that you're trying my, to erect upwards. My mighty upwards, basket of phalluses. And they'll just drag them down, and then the secret is to throw alcohol on top of your dragged down, hen-pecked phallus, and then they will surge up to the heavens because everybody knows that alcohol helps dick work better. Oh, there's a there's a lot going on in that ritual. This is what they all learned from Drukpa Kunli, and they celebrate him by putting phalluses on their houses and painting them all over the towns. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, what, vaginas are not uh, valuable or worthwhile? Like, he wouldn't have, he loved to hang out in vagina. You'd think that he, it was one of his favorite places to be. you think he'd have cherish it a little bit more there should be also some other genitalia on the roof other than those phalluses have you ever seen a vagina take care of a demon dog i don't think you've ever seen a vagina defeat it a could demon eat dog. it could yes it could swallow it right up it could, vagina denta it would just take that demon dog or what's he gonna do with his dick he's we're gonna hit the dog over the head with it anyhow that's fascinating i have learned a lot i think there's a possibility that he just did the most elaborate scam and he's like <laughs> enlightenment pours out of the magnificent shaft of my mighty penis and give me the alcohol and give me the ladies and he could have like laughed all the way to the bank i'm just saying the funny thing that i found out is that i've been working towards enlightenment all my life because women and liquor that's that's my <laughs> thing I wanted to name my dick the Thunderbolt of Flaming Wisdom, but I guess this guy beat me to it. He has the racket on the the drinking and the women and the Flaming Thunderbolt. So kudos to you. My hat is off, sir. I applaud you. Speaking of penises being painted everywhere, I've got one for you. The penis painted for me? Painted uh, multiple, penis? Multiple penises painted. Uh, I did not actually do the painting, though. A... Self-professed road safety campaigner did. He is a man who is a a handyman and also very much into road safety. It's something that he feels passionately about. I am passionate about road safety. He's nominated himself to the position of monitoring roads for safety. He lives in New Zealand and he feels that the government is not paying enough attention to potholes. So he has taken it upon himself to spray paint giant neon green 
phalluses around potholes in an attempt to draw attention to them in order to get the government to address the situation. And I have some photos here. They are indeed some very eye-catching phalluses. And this man takes his campaign so seriously. <laughs> he takes his dick drawing incredibly seriously. So seriously that uh, in the past year, he has spent around $286 on spray paint. He's kind of like Banksy in a way. He's just trying to <laughs> do graffiti art to draw, <laughs> draw interest to in certain political things. Get some focus on an issue that needs to be addressed. Yes. Oh, if only he could start selling these for, for millions of dollars. A less successful Banksy, but you know what? I'm sure that the NFT is around the corner any day now. <laughs> just start taking pictures of his dick potholes. And you're sure that these aren't just elaborate arrows pointing to the pothole? No, they're they've got <laughs> testicles, and there they are. Yes, my arrows have testicles. He also admits that they are intended to be phalluses and not arrows. So I can say with confidence, yes. But does it work? Does it work? Kind of. He actually really cares about road safety, and he wasn't originally doing phalluses. He was doing circles or squiggles or arrows or spray painting, please fix this. Uh -huh. And they weren't getting fixed. So he turned to the dick in desperation. <laughs> like so many do. Either the His dick other or the Bible. Had not worked. So he moved on to the dick. And what would happen is that the news media would then get involved to report the penises. And that was what would actually cause the potholes to be fixed was once the news media got involved. Uh -huh. But this this caring and civic-minded individual has inspired copycats. And now other people are doing the phallus technique to draw attention to potholes. It's a brotherhood. The brotherhood of the pothole phallus? Yes, and they are banding together to help society with their spray paint and their giant penises. Well, they're using the penises to banish the evil spirits of the pothole. Yes, without the whole pageantry of women being shrill harpies that are trying to destroy your dick. Well, that's only when you try to raise your penis to the roof. Yeah, yeah, we can't have that. You got to keep them, stay humble. Well, I was just curious because if it works, then we should just start drawing dicks on everything that the government is doing wrong. Just to cover the land in penises. <laughs> that would be a lot of penises. I think our fingers would get tired. Speaking of penises. I'm listening. Were you aware that whales have a prehensile penis? I knew it was big because it's <laughs> whale, it right? Is. They are the largest penises on the planet Earth. Yes. Um, They're mighty. I is it a mighty thunderbolt of wisdom? Uh, it's not quite a mighty thunderbolt of wisdom, but they are mighty. They do have a name, though. Do you know what the nickname for whale penises are? And this is, this kind of like warms my heart. Uh, nickname for white the the Dixon? No, 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 no. Pink Floyd. The nickname for whale dick is Pink Floyd. The nickname for whale penises are Pink Floyds. Yes. I did not know that, but that is delightful. That warms my heart because they're one of my favorite bands of all time. <laughs> and I can imagine that, you know, what's, well, how big is it? The size of a school bus? Six feet long? What? I mean, some of them are about six feet long. Yeah. 
Okay, they, they, right. They well, big. I would imagine they would be pink, so they would kind of stand out against a whale. There'd be some color contrast, right? They, they are, and they're prehensile, and they can grab. Did you also know that a lot of whales have threesomes? I did not know that they were prehensile or that they were called Pink Floyd or that they had threesomes, but I am learning so much about whale sticks and sex. More than you ever thought you wanted to I know. I had no, I like, I will not be forgetting any of this, that's for sure. One of the theories for the threesomes is that they have like a, a wingman or a fin man because when they're mating, they don't want to float apart. So when one of the males mates with the female whale, the other one will come up and kind of like nudge them and hold them up because the female oh. is upside down on her back and then the male comes and gets on. He has this whole, at least with gray whales, he puts his oh. fin on her and can stroke her and kind of cuddle her for a little bit and then get his dick in there. And they mate for about two minutes at a time, but they can do it multiple times over the course of an hour or two. And the buddy is there kind of keeping them so as they a don't, brace as a brace so they don't drift apart as they are mating oh i never thought about the logistics of being in water and like bouncing at each other you would want something that you could brace off of yeah so you're like hey buddy will you come and like hold up a shoulder yes it's the, it's the ultimate wingman for sure. That's fascinating. I, I did not know that, but... Uh, I don't have any of my friends who, uh, if I'm out and be like, hey, I'm going to go bang this girl, you know, you do me a favor and just like, hold her up for me a little bit. <laughs> just sit on the bed and press her into me, will you? Sure thing, buddy. Any day. I got your back. <laughs> not just that, but... There was also evidence of whales doing double penetration. Uh, so there's sometimes not just bracing, they're taking that threesome all the way. Some scientists were observing some North Atlantic right whales, and they started breeding. They broke off into a group of one woman and two men, so they're often the devil's threesome. Mm. Here's what their notes say about it. Uh, the researchers observed the female and one of the males begin intercourse. They weren't at all surprised by this. The copulation lasted about two minutes before the male disengaged and rolled back over to breathe because they can't do the Like, it's very complicated because you can imagine you're these massive animals in the mm. water trying to, even though you have this dick that can grasp. They did note several undulations of the penis were observed during the copulation but it is not known whether these were associated with ejaculation. So it's good to know <laughs> whether the male there, came or not. We don't know if there was a money shot is what we're saying. And you can't assume the ejaculation. About 15 minutes later, the two whales resumed their positions and began to have sex again. Just then, one of the other males surfaced alongside the pair, and 33 seconds later, he inserted his penis into her vagina as well. For 40 seconds, the three-way was engaged in what the researchers referred to as simultaneous intromission before the first male had to break off and go get some air again. They did note in the research that this is the first observation of a female right whale copulating simultaneously with two males. So there you have it. She is getting DP'd by the two guys. Get it, girl. Um, not quite 
uh, DP'd. It's well, it's a, it's a double pet. They both had their dicks in her. That's a double so penetration. It's like, it's, it's, not, like D, it's like DV. It's, she it's got DV. DV. It wasn't, you know, I don't know. I don't know if whales are into, I know dolphins have blowhole sex. I don't know if whales <laughs> are into that kind of thing. I, I mean, they, they were definitely having fun. I mean, I, I appreciate the, the dedication and determination that had to be brought to the table with your whale threesome, with your buddy, with bracing, with a fin, with your like both going for the both holes or like, you know, we're whales. We're bored. We we have time to kill. We're hanging out in this giant ocean. Let's just stick all the things in all of the holes. Yeah. Maybe he just got bored of just helping him out and he's like, I wanted a little taste myself. I would. Yeah. Who who can fault a man? Yeah. I just learned way more about whales than very memorable things, stuff that's going to stick with me. I have not quite as, as interesting. I don't have like whale sexy times. Whale menage a toi. I, I admit that your your whale threesome was pretty cool. We've referred in the past to queens and how they come up so frequently. Freddie Mercury? <laughs> no, not Freddie Mercury. No, no, I'm talking about the naked mole rat. Oh, yes, is, yes. Naked are, mole rat queens are quite intriguing. Speaking of queens and not Freddie Mercury and no naked mole rats, uh, I have an ant infestation currently in my house. And it's those little tiny black Argentine ants. Oh, those things are everywhere. Uh, anybody listening? There's an amazing Radio Lab episode about the Argentine ant and how they came to dominate the U.S. We have a super colony of Argentine ants that stretches for 560 miles beneath California. Yeah. Like we're in this epicenter for ants. And I, they're tiny and they're everywhere. They're these little tiny topsoil nests. Everywhere you turn around, there's another nest. It turns out they're all connected. Mm -hmm. It's all it's one huge one... super colony. I think it all came from one queen coming up from Argentina. What makes the Argentine ants so successful and so brutally effective, they could take out all the other ants. They are ruled by hundreds of queens. And it turns out, just like multiple Freddie Mercury's, we better than just one. <laughs> I could imagine a whole colony of Freddie Mercury's. <laughs> right. It, much more effective in terms of world domination. Yes. In most ant species, one queen to rule them all. And in the Argentine ants, we're like, no, 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 let's just throw more queens. And the more queens that they add to it, the the more that they started kicking serious ass they are now the dominant ant species here in California. But one of the things that I found interesting, I started doing ant research just because my house is completely infested. The neighborhood is infested. Everywhere you turn is infested. They pick up their nests and shift them all of the time, constantly. They're just like, oh, we don't like it here. We'll go 10 feet that way. We'll go here. They're constantly looking. But in addition to having an unusually high amount of queens, this is a very tragic time of year for Argentine ant queens. Can you guess why? Do they have to have threesomes? <laughs> I'm sure that they would prefer whale threesomes to their fate. Every spring, just before mating season begins, worker ants go on a killing rampage and they assassinate about 90% of their queens. Regicide? Every year. They have a great surplus of queens at 
at one point, up to 30% of their population contains queens. And then when it comes to spring cleaning, the Argentine ants are not messing around. And every spring, they do a serious spring cleaning, and they remove most of the queens. Oh, that's awful. We don't know why they do it. So it's not good to be the queen. Uh, well, if you survive, though, the the theory is that um, the genetically related band together to kill more distantly related queens, um, and doing so would decrease the nest genetic diversity, and it would allow it to be rebuilt with a queen who is directly related to the greatest majority of workers. So they do it like the, the old Europeans did. It was to keep the bloodline yeah. pure. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same reason why they committed regicide. Just like, well, we're just going to kill them all and you know, just keep the bloodline pure. It's obviously working because they've taken over all of California and my kitchen. Have I told you? So you and everybody else listening, the best thing to take care of your ants is borax. That's what I use. Uh, I found that orange oil is very effective. I'm being a little cautious with borax directly in the kitchen because of the food preparation there. Mm -hmm. It's good for other parts of the house, but like the one place that's infested is the sink. I and mean, there's nothing in the sink. It's just they're like zombies. They're so determined. The sink is immaculate and they've been coming by the sink for a couple of days now and they just won't stop. Yeah. Well, it's just the simplest, cheapest thing, just borax, sugar, and water mm -hmm. is the way to go. We are full of handy tips for you here at the Dirty Talk After Hours and stock up on that borax because let me tell you, those Argentine ants are sticking around, them and all of their queens. One more handy tip for you all before we wrap this up. Mm. There was an article that was released last month in the Society for Personality and Social Psychology. It is about a study conducted by a psychology professor at Michigan State. It is entitled Phenotypic Mimicry Distinguishes Cues of Mating Competition from Parental Investment in Men's Conspicuous Consumption. It's a whole lot of C's. That is a mouthful of a title for sure. I love how they title these things. They have the most incredible titles for these. Uh, evolutionarily, psychologists propose that men's conspicuous consumption facilitates mate attraction because it predicts resource investment in offspring. Essentially what they're saying is that if you have a bunch of fancy stuff, you drive a fancy car, you wear fancy clothes, it's supposed to signal to mates, I have a lot of money, therefore I have money that could be used to invest in our offspring, which mm -hmm. would draw women. They've shown that mates are drawn to people that look like they have an abundance of stuff. What this study was looking at was men who owned shirts with large luxury brand logos on them. Mm. What they found was that men that wore large flashy brand logos to attract potential mates were rated higher in mating effort. They were rated lower on parental investment. So they weren't sticking around for the kids. They want to mate. They don't want to stick around for the kids. They're rated higher on interest in brief sexual affairs. What they're saying is that guys that wear a bunch of flashy clothes or try to attract people by peacocking have no interest in long-term relationships and don't have an interest in long-term parenting. 
I didn't need a study to tell you that, but I'm glad that science has verified what all of our eyeballs tell us in the first place. Yes. So but science. Science now, science now proves that those guys with the huge Gucci logos all over their clothes or those bright bedazzled pants are they looking to They want to put mate. their penis in you. They're, They're definitely in with yes. putting some phallus, the thunderbolt of wisdom. They would like to introduce you to it, but they do not. They don't want to stick around for the after effects. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of thunderbolts of flaming wisdom, I think I'm going to go take my flaming thunderbolts and peruse my pleasure grotto, (laughs) (laughs) paradise grove. All right. Well, that sounds with my flaming thunderbolts of wisdom. That sounds like you have your night cut out for you. I hope that you get a lot of enlightenment. I guarantee I will find nirvana. All right. We will catch you all next week. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you learned everything you wanted to know about whale threesomes. Uh, I'm actually going to go do a little bit more research because I have questions now. About the whale threesomes? I'm Yeah, I'm full of questions. I just that I love the fact that you bring a buddy and he like gives you a shoulder to brace <laughs> off of, but it makes sense. Got you, buddy. It's just because a of thin the, man. The environment you're working in, like, hmm. you know. I didn't know that about it being called Pink Floyd either. Uh, that nature quite... finds a way. Yes, nature's very In the immortal like words that. of Ian Malcolm, nature <laughs> finds a way. Um, my uh, fingers are ready. They're up. They're my mighty thunderbolts. Yeah, thunderbolt are... of flaming salute. Yeah, they're not being dragged down by henpecking women with a basket. We're trying to know they're up to the heavens. They're ready. All right, okay. give, give these fine people their jaunty salute, and we will call it an episode. Prepare yourself. Gird your loins. Are they girded? My thunderbolt is girded. <laughs> Over and out, my friends. Catch you all next week. Bye-bye.